Thank you for everybody who came and volunteered and everybody who gave for vacation Bible school. These kids are more than worth it. And uh, this is one of, this is probably the best BBS I've ever been a part of. And for them, it's the first time I think I really actually like the kids. <laughs> so, thank you. Steve, are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. We're gonna let Steve preach to us for a while, so take it away, sir.
Danielle, who works with us as a counselor, he'd be one of hers. She'd be talking to him. He's got some problems. And he's out running around naked in the tombs in the cemetery. And Jesus comes along, and when Jesus gets out of the boat, he immediately runs over and falls down at Jesus' feet and says, what have I, I to do with thee, thou son of God? Now, he's got some problems. He has some devils that live inside of him. Boys and girls and adults look at him and just wonder. We don't talk about the whole lot today, but I'm going to let you know a secret. If you believe in the devil just as much as you believe in God, you're never going to be an effective Christian. Because God wants to give you an abundant life. He made that very clear. He also knows that Satan wants to destroy your life. But as long as we think he's not out there, he doesn't exist. But he's just, did you know, adults, did you know that 62% of all professing Christians today, surveyed, 62% said they don't believe the devil's really real? He's just as simple as evil. That's more than six out of every ten Christians. But there's going to be some of you in this room with Israel, don't believe he's real. I'm going to let you know a secret. He's real. And he's out to get us. And he's out to get you. Don't worry. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep focused on him. And this guy comes running and just falls down at Jesus' feet and says, What am I to do with thee, thou son of God most high? And Jesus had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of this guy. And they started begging him, hey, let us one of those pigs. Now, I find something else here in this story today. Pigs are smarter than we are. Because when the unclean spirits come to the pigs, what do the pigs do? Pigs run down the water and drown. They don't know about that. So the rest of them are like, here I am, come get me. Some of the stuff that we watch, some of the stuff that we listen to, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. You know, when I was a, a, a young man, I traveled with a man, so I was like, these guys are traveling with me. And you know, he taught me how to get in someone's house. You really did this back in the early 70s? He taught me how to get in. He said, if you knock on the door and a person comes to the door, they don't open the door, let me tell you how to get in. He said, start complimenting something that's inside. Look at a picture on the wall, look at some furniture, start complimenting it. He said, I guarantee you that from a point in time, if you're talking about something inside, they will push the door open and let you do a little better look at it. He said, when they do, set your foot in the door. And now you're inside. They will invite you in. Do you know it never fails? We would knock on somebody's door and they come to the door. You might open the door like this, maybe stand up talking to you, and we're trying to talk to them, trying to share with one of them, trying to buy the church, something like that. If they wouldn't open that door any farther, take out a lamp, a picture, a cow sitting behind them, and start talking about that. Like, oh, my mom's got one something like that. What kind is that? You go up and put the farther. Stream door, storm door, whatever. Set your foot inside of it. Next thing you're sitting on the couch and taking a cup of tea. You know why? They gave place. They let me get my foot in the door. The Bible says we shouldn't give place to the devil. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you look at. Matthew 6, 22 says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore that eye be single, that whole body shall be full of light. Just to put that word for you to understand, whatever you're focused on is what you're full of. What you got your eyes on. You got your eyes on playing video games, you're full of video games. You got your eyes focused on sports, you're full of sports. You got your eyes focused on making money, you're full of money. Got your eyes focused on pornography. Got your eyes focused on someone else's spouse. 
Whatever you're focused on is what you're full of. That's why the Bible says we will look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on him. Here's a guy running naked in the tombs. They can't bind him. They can't do anything with him. But when Jesus walks up, everything starts to change. Because when Jesus comes into our life, he changes everything about us. The Bible says, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. When Jesus touches our life, it changes our life. I was 13 years old when I got saved. Now, you've probably heard a lot of guys make this comment. Well, if you're 99% sure you're saved, you're 100% lost. Or, if you are what you are, where, then you ain't. I hate those two comments. Because we've got a person sitting in here who claims to be a Christian who said one time in your life, exactly. <laughs> Just said to yourself, yeah! I don't think I'm saved. <laughs> We're all that way. We all doubt at times. I find I doubt the most when I doubt my Bible, when I stop praying, when I stop coming to church, when I stop doing the things I'm supposed to do, and I get focused on me. That's when I start doubting my salvation. And if you are what you were, then you ain't. I got saved when I was 13. I didn't smoke, drink, dust, chew, run around with those that do. I was a good kid before I got saved. And after I got saved, I was still a good kid. And I went to camp one time, and got up and said, if you are now what you were before you got saved, then you're not saved. I was like, what? I was like, change I was 13. But you know what? I'm not what I was before I got saved. Before I got saved, I was lost. I didn't know Jesus. But at the age of 13, I met Jesus, and now I'm a child of the king. So I'm not what I was before. I'm different now. I've been changed from the inside out. I didn't have to change a whole lot of stuff on the outside. I hadn't gotten my own yet. I didn't know what the stuff was like. I had a father who was 52 years old when I was born. My dad, his dad, was born the year the Civil War ended. If my father was still alive, he'd be 117 years old now. If my grandfather was still alive, he'd be 150, 60-something now. I came from a weird family. My dad still believed in spankings. I don't mean... I don't eat with the spoon. I'll take care of the My dad was like, <laughs> <laughs> and the spanking wasn't over until the waterworks turned on, and I am not talking about tears. Don't you think about that one for a while, but I wore red clothes for a lot of times. <laughs> Let that sink in. My dad believed in doing things differently. I was a good kid. I was afraid not to be a good kid. He killed me. First time I brought Cheryl home, he was 16 years old. You know what my dad said to me? First time I brought her home, my daddy goes, I like her. You miss her life a lot, do you? I'm his son. I'm his son. I like her. You miss her life a lot, do you? She took me and reached her one time, took my hands and gave me another kiss. I said, no, no, stand up for me. Get me behind me, Satan. But in perspective, for every grade 10 years, our first child was born. Stay away! He's <laughs> <laughs> a good kid. Some of you, maybe your life changed more. This guy's life changed drastically. He went from running naked in the cemetery to suddenly clothed in his right mind and suddenly he was huge. His life changed drastically. Some of you boys and girls got saved this week. I don't know what your whole life was like. But I would dare say none of you all went down right naked in the cemetery this week. I 
would say none of you all here have been bound by chains and tried to break away from them. And I don't think we have any hero addicts sitting in front of me this morning either. But if you've got Satan this week, your life's been changed. Because you were a sinful creature headed for hell. And you realize your need for a Savior. And you ask him to forgive you of your sins and save you and give you a home in heaven. And he did. The Bible says he washed your sins away. He removed them as far as the east is from the west. I believe you remember he did. And then something else took place. He put a desire in you. Did you know him? Understand him? And follow him? And serve him. And that desire will grow more and more in the church. As you read your Bible, as you do one last thing with him. You see, the last verse we read says the people came out to see Jesus, and they saw the man sitting there clothed in his right mind, who'd been running around naked in the tombs. They were afraid of Jesus. They didn't understand the power that this man had. They didn't understand what was going on. And they asked him to leave. They asked Jesus to leave. The man who had changed the naked dude who had the rail of the cemetery, they asked him to leave. You get away from us. And as Jesus starts to leave, the Bible says, Now the man out of whom the devils were uh, departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Listen to what Jesus said to this guy. Here's a guy who's been running naked in the cemetery. Here's a guy that no one's been able to find. Here's a guy that everybody was afraid of. And then when Jesus touches his life and changes it drastically, now they're afraid of Jesus. And they ask Jesus to leave. And as Jesus is leaving, the guy says, please, let me go with you. I just want to be with you. You have changed my life. I want to be with you now. And Jesus says, return to thine own house. For somehow great things God has done to you. Boys and girls, Moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, teenagers, I don't care who you are. Let's go back to our own house and show what great things God's done for us. Go home and tell mom and dad how you got saved. Go home and tell mom and dad how Jesus changed your life. Go home and tell your grandma and grandpa. Go find your family this week and tell them what Jesus has done for you. Go tell them how he's drastically changed your life, dramatically changed your life. How you're not what you were because now you're a child of Jesus. Go let people know. They tell me today that folks don't get saved like they used to. I don't believe that. In 14 years of being on the road, you know, Miss Cheryl, I have seen over 13,000 people walk aisles and trust Christ as their Savior. I don't believe people don't get saved like they used to. You know what I believe? I believe you just don't go after them like you used to. Because I'm going to tell you what you say. I told you earlier, if you're out 85% of all folks that come to Christ, will do so before age 14. There's the prime fishing hole. Get involved in children's ministry and start reaching people. If you start reaching people now, you get to form less cement instead of later on trying to jackhammer up concrete. Make a difference in their lives. Go after them. You know what D.L. Moody said on his deathbed? D.L. Moody says, I could live my life over. I told this tons of my children. I told the last group, George Barner, who ran the Barner Group, the Christian pollster, who's now left that group and is focusing his life on reaching young people. He said, if I had the last three decades of my life to live over, I would go back and reach children. Let's go reach some children. And let's go tell others what great things God has done for us. But let's not just tell them. He said, don't return to my own family and show them what great things God has done to you. 
has changed our lives. 1965, my brother and his wife got married. We lived in Dayton, Ohio. We lived in Maysville, Kentucky. We lived in Dayton, Ohio. My brother and her were dual teachers. Two years of living there, they were ready for a divorce. They were living in a, basically in a hotel. And he and my sister were, sister were ready for a divorce. They started going to church and they got saved. They got involved and became the youth pastor of the church. In 1970, my family moved to Dayton, Ohio, left the farm. I got saved in that church as well. He led to the Lord. About five, six years ago, Cheryl and I were down around Maysville, Kentucky again. We went to this little church, Grace Baptist Church. It was a Sunday night. I was there to speak. And before church started, we were kind of sitting about midway back, and I just started looking around the auditorium. I remember in 1965, David and Mary Harding got married and moved to Dayton, Ohio. And I began to look around that auditorium that night. And about 90% of the people in that auditorium that night have either been led to the Lord by David and Mary Harding or by somebody that David and Mary Harding had led to the Lord. I was led to the Lord by Dave Harding. Cheryl was led to the Lord by Mary Harding. That sent her brothers and sisters that night, her cousins, nieces and nephews, Here's a whole church full of people that two folks left with the David Ohio, got saved, and came home to their family and said, what a great thing. And I looked at each other and said, I said, look, there was a church tonight. Everybody that's in here, either David and Mary have personally led to the Lord, or the people that David and Mary led to the Lord have led them to the Lord. And when we actually start doing what the Bible says, we can turn the world upside down. And we just start with these kids here. He can turn this city, this country, this world upside down. We can start raising a generation that actually believes what they're supposed to believe. And they believe peace and love. The Holy Spirit about the great things. Bow down to you. Father, thank you for the time we've had this morning. God, help us to realize you have done an awesome, marvelous work in our lives. And all we need to do is go out here and begin to show it to people. And you can change our lives and change their lives. It's awfully fun to sit at your feet and learn and study sometimes. But you commanded us to go out. To go out to the highways and hedges, to go out into all the world and to tell other people about you. God, help us to undertake that for you. Help us to go show what great things you've done in our lives. And we thank you and praise you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Would you stand with us this morning? Pastor, I'm going to turn to you. And we can end our service with an invitation. If you're here and you'd like to know Christ, or you'd like to show you how you can receive Jesus. If you're here and maybe you have a child, listen, the world is after your child. One way or another, ask you to get your son, get your daughter onto something away from Jesus, whatever it takes. Why don't you take this time during this invitation to pray for that child? It may be a teenager, it may be a 30 year old acting like a child, and it may be a 